0: Today's show is brought to you by Pleasureland RV, best in the Midwest. Learn more at PleasurelandRV.com. Howdy, folks. Late start this evening for WCCO Outdoors on News Talk 830. I am Rob Drieslein, managing editor from Outdoor News. Uh, Jonathan Lowe is not here producing this evening. I've got Chris Tubbs. Uh, We're kicking it off right now. A little short show. We're just going to go to the top of the hour uh, we're going to have Matt Johnson from Clam Outdoors join us in a few minutes. We'll chat with Clam about uh, what's going on on the ice scene. Uh, as we discussed last week, ice fishing is off and running. Uh, I've got a number of topics I wanted to get to. I'm not sure we'll, we're, uh, we're going to have time, but uh, we should talk deer hunting a little bit for a few minutes. Uh, first off... Uh, the general firearm season ended with a sunset here just an hour ago. Uh, the end of the, the last of the firearm seasons, the 3B season, ended at uh, roughly 430 here today. That's down in southeast Minnesota. The three, It's actually called 300B now. For years, it was just 3B. That was a hunt I always participated in. But that is wrapped up. Now, the muzzleloader season began yesterday, uh, and that runs until December 11th. So, uh, you know, I guess that's, some folks would still consider that a firearm, but uh, muzzleloaders, uh, that's a different season. Uh, but that got going, had a beautiful start, right? Beautiful day to kick that season off yesterday uh, on, on Saturday. What was it, 50 degrees here in the Twin Cities? So uh, definitely got off to a great start. And as I said, runs through December 11th. Uh, the deer harvest is running behind last year. Uh, now, the latest data, the DNR has been really good about updating their website with the, uh, the harvest, the kill for the year. And as of the 21st, which I understand, you know, I understand that's several days ago now, it was at 149,000 on the year for all seasons. Now, keep in mind, most of that harvest, the bulk of that harvest occurs opening weekend of the general firearm season, which was, what, three weeks ago now. So uh, the three B hunt that I just mentioned that contributed maybe some more deer to it. We got this muzzleloader hunt that's still underway, uh, and we're going to have archery deer hunting uh, through the end of December. Uh, that's all going to contribute, but yeah, those are small numbers compared to you know the early portion of the season. So you know before this, the season started, we thought well, are we going to maybe get to two hundred thousand this year? Is that possible? Uh, I think last year we were at like one ninety eight. I don't think we're going to come anywhere close to that, folks. Like I say, we're at uh, we were at 149 five days ago. My guess, if I were a bet man, I'd put us at maybe 165 uh, at best for deer harvest here in uh, in 2022. And you know, there's been a lot of chatter, a lot more chatter about what's going on. Why is the deer harvest so low? What are some of these contributing factors? I, I've got some theories. I generally have not been one to go overboard on blaming wolves, but. <laughs> Honestly, even I'm, even I'm coming around to the fact that we got a lot of wolves up north, and you know, you look at the Cuffs and College reports, the conservation officer reports uh, in outdoor news, and a lot of COs saying, saying they're not seeing hunters, they're not seeing deer. Uh, I definitely think uh, you know we got a healthy wolf population that's the, affecting the number of deer that we have in the northeastern portion of the state. I definitely think deer harvest is lower in the southwest portion of the state and, and a lot of farm country because we've lost our CRP so many of our CRP acres, our conservation reserve program acres, and a lot of folks out there might say, well, that's just that's just grass, right? I mean, how how does that contribute? That's that's anybody who's you know walked around a CRP field knows that is really important thermal cover, and I definitely think deer numbers. Have suffered a bit in uh, in portions of Minnesota as a result of that too. So there's a number of factors going on. The CWD thing isn't uh, chronic wasting disease that is, isn't necessarily helping. Uh, before we go to break, I wanted to point out one quick thing. Uh, we had Sarah Stroman, the DNR Commissioner, on our debut edition of the show. What well, going on five six weeks ago now, and the topic we discussed was long term DNR funding and the DNR's plans to do that. That chat was before the election and we you know we kind of wonder well will the plan continue and it will obviously because uh, governor walls did get reelected but I saw several news reports in the past week to 10 days on that topic this long-term DNR funding plan what where is the DNR going to get some of its funding now that uh, it doesn't have as many hunters buying licenses and and I I felt uh, mildly smug about that that we discussed that topic here first on WCCO Outdoors. Why don't we get in a break? Uh, like I said, I want to chat with Matt Johnson from Clam Outdoors. Uh, we're going to talk about ice fishing probably from uh, now till the top of the hour. So stick with us. I'm Rob Drieslein. You're listening to WCCO Outdoors. Everybody, welcome back. WCCO Outdoors on News Talk 830. I am Rob Drieslein. We are here until the top of the hour. Uh, i tell you what. Let's just jump right in with my one and only guest for this week's broadcast. He's a longtime friend of mine, a friend of this program, and an active outdoorsman in a lot of different realms, family man, the whole works. Matt Johnson from Clam Outdoors is joining us now. Matt, how are you doing, my friend? Good. How are you doing, Rob? Very, very well. Uh, of course, now you're, you're, you're Mr. Big Shot over there at Clam. We've we've had a lot of fun uh, working together over the years, and uh, you guys got to be pretty pumped. I mean, yes, we had some above normal temperatures here yesterday, but even with with that, uh, we've got overnight lows well below freezing. We had that hardcore cold spell that was, you know, at the daytime highs were 20 degrees below normal. We were building ice fast up north. I, I got to be honest, Matt, I didn't check up on things coming into the show. It's a holiday weekend for myself. What are you hearing? Uh, we were talking about potential ice fishing on Red Lake and some other northerly destinations by this weekend. Did that happen?
1: Absolutely. We're seeing ice reports, Rod, as much as like eight inches of ice on Red already. Wow. And it's uh, it's going. I mean, I think it's been multiple days on the ice uh, for some anglers in northern Minnesota, I've even seen some ice anglers scooting out here in the Twin Cities. Now, you know you want to err on the side of caution, of course, uh, right now. But I'm seeing some people skirting out on some of the smaller bays, smaller lakes, uh, even around in our neck of the woods.
0: Yeah, and I, I let's go out of our way to really urge safety if you're if you're out there. You want to get serious and, and, and check the ice, bring a spud with, right? That's the key. You know, Every yep. few steps, check the thickness of the ice. We want you out there on four inches. If you've got four inches, a good, clear, strong, solid ice, you should be in pretty good shape. But you got to check it constantly because you could have a current running underneath. You could have you know, some wind-shifting things. There's a number of ways that you can get in trouble, even if you find yourself on good, safe ice in one spot and uh, not so safe in another.
1: Yeah, 100%, Rob. I mean, good spud, spud bars, safety picks, um, um, an ice armor float suit. You know, I live and, and breathe in a float suit. And I, honestly, a good buddy. You know, don't go alone early ice. Yeah. Have a friend with you. Let people know where you're at. Um, just take some of the, the common sense necessary precautions, and you'll be all right.
0: So you said up to eight inches already on red. Any Anything yeah. going on in uh, some of our other big walleye lakes that, that you've heard of, Leech, uh Lake of the Woods, anything cooking there yet?
1: Yeah, Lake of the Woods has got some ice and some anglers are getting out. Now, they're not obviously getting out past some of the islands and some of the stuff you really want to get to. But in some of the nearby bays, you're seeing some people starting to scoot out. Uh, I have not heard an honest report on leech or Winnie or cass. Uh, I would imagine there's some stuff starting to form. But if you look at Lake Minnetonka, Rob, there's still a lot of open water. So Some of these bigger, deeper bodies of water, um, they're just not seeing that ice quite yet. Mm. But red... It's an anomaly. It yeah. freezes fast every year. It's huge. Uh, obviously it's shallow, doesn't thermocline like most lakes, and that thing locks up quick, which it has, and people are out there catching walleye.
0: That's fantastic. Well, a lot of great information from you there. Thank you for being so up to speed on it. Now, next weekend is is the biggest weekend in ice fishing in Minnesota and, yep. and you know, arguably the upper Midwest, maybe the world. It's the St. Paul Ice Fishing and Winter Sports Show over at River Center. This is a great event, and, you know, we've seen a lot of consumer outdoor shows, not as big, not as vibrant as they used to be, and what's so great about this one is it, it seems bigger and healthier every year. Uh, I, it's, it's obviously a big, big event on the clam calendar, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're the presenting sponsor of this show and have been for, oh, boy, over a decade, and, yeah, it's over 25,000-year ice anglers from, like you said, across the ice belt. They even fly in from different countries in Europe. Uh, to be a part of this and have booths and exhibit and partake in the fun. It's really the Super Bowl of ice fishing in our eyes. Uh, it's crazy. That river center is packed, all levels, full of ice fishing gear and excited people getting ready for ice. And uh, like you just mentioned to start the segment, we're ice fishing. So most years we're not. Uh, we are now. So people are going to live vicariously through each other and even tell some stories of fish they've already caught on the ice. So I anticipate this weekend being a, bang, a banger year for the for the uh, Saint Paul Ice Show, and uh, we are not gonna uh, we're gonna pull out all the stops, but You'll see some cool stuff from Clam this year. Uh, we start rocking and rolling on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, the show gets going. It, it's Friday to Sunday, December second to fourth, yep. uh, and a ton of seminars. I think you know that's something I really want to highlight. And a lot of a lot of guys from Clam are going to be there. You guys bring in some of your folks from around the country. Uh, it it might. Some folks might be disappointed to know that there are people in other parts of North America that know about ice fishing, sometimes can (laughs) even educate us here a little bit, right?
1: Right, yeah. We're going to have 24 different states represented uh, amongst our pro staff in the booth, throughout the booths uh, this weekend. And, yeah, the seminars are pretty widespread from, you know, getting kids involved in fishing to, you know, learning how to catch panfish in the weeds to big-game fish like walleyes and pike Uh, to some of our most elite female pros in the industry. Uh, We're going to have a star-studded lineup on Friday, Saturday, Sunday on the seminar stage. And there's prizes given away at every single seminar this year. So uh, you have a good opportunity to take something home.
0: The ice fishing industry has seen so many innovations over the past 30 years. I mean, I remember 20 years ago talking to folks like yourself and saying, wow, look how far the ice fishing uh, business has come <laughs> and, and the technology and the gear. And you think how much further it's come in the past 20 years. What are some real highlights you've seen in the past couple, two, three years, 18 months, that really stand out to you as, as new innovations? I mean, you know, we we saw we saw custom rods. We saw improved rods. We saw long, you know, rods specific for ice fishing. Reels with drags for ice fishing. Who, who'd have thunk it? Uh, what do you think is the highlight right now?
1: Oh, there's so much stuff. I would say, you know, shelter market is a big one. You know, trying to push the bar on that. Uh, the new XT series from Clams, pretty neat where you actually can stand up in a true one-person shack. I'm big into clothing, man. Anytime I do a seminar, i start with layering clothing proper stuff like that Uh, so that's where some of these float suits um, like the motion float stuff that's actually comfortable to wear in my opinion is a game changer people ask me matt you work for Clan. what's your favorite fish house uh it's my ice armor it's my suit that's my favorite fish house you know that's huge you already mentioned rods and reels augers augers are more lightweight than ever they're cutting more holes everything's electric whether it's a a a handheld drill on a clam drill plate with a K bit or whether it's an electric system of some kind. Uh, And then you gravitate into into electronics. Uh, I mean, the forward facing sonar revolution is here. Everyone's talking about
0: it. Yeah. That's That's a
1: big one. I mean, we'd be fools not to at least touch on that a hair, right? That's been massive in the open water scene. It's winning tournaments. It's winning tournaments on the ice fishing scene. Uh, But you still have to stay on the fish and catch the fish. So it's a great tool to find them it doesn't necessarily doesn't always mean you're going to catch them so there's other nuances you have to come into play which is your your sonar your your flasher um your tackle your line your rods your reels it's one whole package um but uh i'll tell you what rob honestly we're very spoiled yeah right now absolutely in sport of ice fishing very uh, spoiled with the tools we have to go out there and get the job done
0: indeed Matt, I'm, I'm out of time. If folks want to see more about what's new with Clam uh, going into the, the show, what, what what website should they check things out at?
1: Yeah, they can go to clamoutdoors.com or any of our social media pages. You just type in Clam Outdoors on any social media platform. We're inundating the industry with content and information, and uh, we cannot wait to see everybody this weekend. Come say hi. Ask your questions. Please do that. And fist bump all of us, and we'll get ready for a great ice
0: fishing season. Website for the show is St. Paul Ice Fishing Show com. Just Google it up. Matt, thanks so much for joining me. I will see you next weekend. Looking forward to it, my friend. You you got a buzz here, Rob. All right, Matt Johnson from Clam Outdoors. Appreciate him joining the broadcast. I wish I had more time to talk about all the great topics we've got cooking, uh, but we will be back next week. I think we're going to be here for the full hour. So uh, some some big things to talk about. I want to talk about. Uh, Getting the lead out, that's a big topic, uh, in terms of bullets and, and, uh, ice and all sorts of fishing. Preston Cole retirement over in Wisconsin. And then we're going to have a segment with Paul Radomsky. He's got a new book about walleye's, uh, the, a beautiful fish of the dark, it's called. So don't miss that. A lot going on. I want to thank Chris Tubbs for joining, for producing so well here and all the listeners who joined us. Rob Driesline signing off for WCCO Outdoors.